Mana 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 this is social disgusting welcome to social disgusting a podcast where my guests and i discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves i am brandon aka brandon hope you're well my guest is a writer and performer who has written for ifc's sports court which he also created impractical jokers after party on true tv Prank Academy on YouTube Red and MTV's Money from Strangers and Silent Library. He's a smule seeing superstar. Please welcome Joe Schiappa. Welcome. Oh, hello. How are hello. you? Good. Uh, that was you? your question to ask me, but that's fine. We could do that. There's no right way to do this, so I'll ask you. Like, it can go wherever it wants to go. But how are you? I am fine. I live in New York City, so. Uh... Yeah, how's New York right now? Uh, in the beginning, it was rough, but it's okay. Yeah. Um, uh, I have no complaints about it, I guess. I, I always wanted to live in New York City, so this is a nice, uh, I guess I'm just in my apartment a lot, more than I've ever been. I just, you just spend so much time in your apartment at this point. Are you okay with being kind of relatively cooped up like that? Or have you had to, like, make adjustments? Uh, I like being in, uh, that's, well, the one thing I liked about New York City was, like, walking around and, like, yeah. going... <laughs> And being able to go places like we bought a car for the first time in my entire life. I've never owned a car. Um, so I guess that's an adjustment. But I, I don't mind being in the house. My wife is a, a public school teacher. So she's in the other room teaching Zoom school while I talk to you. But um, it's a little bit of finagling. I would say I looked at the calendar this time last year and we were very busy. Yeah. And it sort of slowed down in in some ways is a good way. Like we spent a lot more time together I have a five-year-old, too. So I think that's good. Uh, but otherwise, it's uh, it's not that exciting. I would love I for like, it to be yeah. over so we can just go on. But it'll be different even when it's over. So I guess that's just change is so hard, you know. We've yeah, had to yeah. do it so many times. Yeah, it's definitely going to be, obviously, like whatever life is, you know, relatively to what it is, like, post-pandemic, quote-unquote, whatever that means or is going to constitute. But yeah. Life's definitely going to be different, but just uh, hopefully it settles and not as dramatically different. I don't really know. I know it's different, but I, I, I'm so curious as to the degree by which it will be. It'll be the same, but I don't know. I, for some people, they haven't changed their... I mean, nothing's <laughs> changed for them, so I, I don't know if they would uh, say that it's different. I, I don't know. It's just so crazy. <laughs> I've never had a crazier uh, time, especially in here where it was so rough in the beginning. And kind of evened out. Where you were, has it ever been? Is there, um, uh, was there a shutdown or anything where you are based? No, it's more of a... Like you can go to Target without a mask and stuff like that? or I, Well, people are, I think it's, people are doing every form of the same type of thing as anywhere else, I suppose. But definitely there are people that like, this doesn't exist in their world, which is... I, I can't even fathom that. Like I can't. Oh, really interesting. So there, it's not. There's no adjustment. They're just doing whatever. There, no, that that is some. There are definitely a lot. Plenty okay. of people are adjusting. And in terms of like any kind of uh, thing mandated by the governor, it's the same thing as sim- seemingly so many other places where they say this is what we're at tier two or whatever, and then even then they don't really enforce anything. Like mm. it's as inf- it's as big a deal as anybody makes it, which doesn't seem to be at all it's all just uh right. it's kind of a clusterfuck to be honest yeah yeah i i guess i am fortunate to live in a part of the country kind of got it together a little bit yeah to, to get it down but it seems like once people are all back in in the winter time it's gone up a little bit but still it's pretty low 
comparatively to other places. So that's good. That's, I mean, good. that's, good. Well, that's good. That's good because I know that, yeah, New York was unfortunately like the poster child for how bad it could get. Yeah. Well. And unfortunately, L.A. is that now. Yeah, no one learned from it, I guess. <laughs> um, which is, uh, I guess, uh, terrible. I don't know. I don't want to. You don't have to talk to me about the pandemic if you don't want to. Oh, I don't care. I'll talk about whatever. Oh, okay. So I guess my question, so you said you're you're in your 30s. What was like your, have you watched, what have you been watching during the pandemic? That's have you question. watched movies I'm... or do you, what do you, what's your thing? I haven't really, I watched, um, I haven't watched really anything, to be honest. Oh, really? Like, what well, are you, what are you into? Like, what's your, what do you? Well, m- movies are, are definitely my quote unquote thing, if there's anything. You're right. So I've been watching both things that I've been meaning to watch for quite a while and then just whatever. I'm trying to, and part of this has just been, unfortunately, or fortunately, aided by the fact that there are so few, relatively speaking, newer movies that right. came out last year. So I did, because I feel like for a while there, I just got into this really mindless thought process of like, just watch the new thing, because new things came out constantly. Right. And so that's been good to kind of get out of that, that brainless cycle. Oh, and to, before times, did, did you go to the movies a lot? I did. So oh, this okay. is, it's, it's it's a real yeah. I love the movie theater experience. So sure, but but I'm definitely not that type where I'm like I have to have it. So I'm gonna risk anything. No, I'm. I don't know when I can go back to movies. It feels like it's gonna be a long time. Yeah, I'm, I don't yeah, think I'd be comfortable sitting in a theater until it's very very low. Yeah, or even then, I don't know. Like I didn't really. Once you have a kid, you don't go much to the movies. I didn't really until he was. I took him to see Sonic. That was the last movie we saw, uh, like two weeks before everything closed down. But I, I think the, um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I was thinking about that the other day. Like, when would I be comfortable sitting in a Broadway show or something? I don't know when that would be. I don't know if I'd ever be comfortable until, I don't know. It's a real, it's a real switch because I love the movie theater experience. I've gone when I, what was cool when I first moved to New York is that there were so many like indie theaters and stuff. I would go twice, two, three times a week. Yeah. It, it, I lived in, at home for a little bit and commuted into New York, and I would have a couple hours to kill, and I would go and see something that I couldn't find anywhere else. So it's not, I guess the internet is that now, or iTunes, you can find movies that, you can find almost anything. But I, I you know, I miss that experience. You can't beat that, that theater experience. I don't think it's anything you can, as amazing as TVs are and technology and surround sound, you know, you can relatively replicate it, I suppose, but there's just no beating that experience so i really do miss it i went to a drive-in theater once this year yeah or i guess last year so that was really cool because i would never done that before just to see something it's eaten that way but you know it it's just like i'm everything's got to be people have the numbers have to be dramatically low for a long time for me to feel anywhere close to comfortable to going back sure absolutely and that could be next year or two years from now who knows surely yeah. I watched, uh, my birthday was recently. Oh, happy birthday. I, well, thank you so much. Uh, I was just looking for you to say happy birthday. <laughs> well, you did uh, <laughs> But I watched, I'm very late to this party. Again, I, I've watched nothing else but kids shows. But the um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I thought it was so funny. It really is great. It was such a funny, at the end when he's explaining, and I keep talking, anybody who will listen, I will keep talking about it. 
But <laughs> the at the end when he's <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio's explaining to the neighbor what happened and he's like, Oh, I torched this woman in my pool. I just thought <laughs> how he's explaining it was so was making me laugh. My wife and I were laughing so hard. And like I don't it was one of those things where it's not a joke. Like there's yeah. no yeah. jokes, but the character and like the situation ah, it was just like my favorite part of my favorite part of um like a movie like there's that movie with Seth Rogen that I liked, Observe and Report, where he's the I love that movie. Yeah, and at the end when he <laughs> the guy's this he shoots the guy at the end. There's just sort of like it's so funny to me. It's so big and like a funny and it capped what the character was. I don't know. I just thought it was the funniest thing I'd seen in a long time without it being like um they don't really make comedies really anymore uh, in the same way they did in the 90s when I was in college and stuff. I would go all the time in Boston to yeah. Copley Square and see like John Leguizamo had a movie like they wanted to set him up as like Ace Ventura. So it was like called The Pet. Like I would... I, I've, I've seen that movie. Yeah. Oh, you seen The Pest? Yeah. I liked it. I thought... I did too. Uh, you liked it? Yeah, I did. It was... Um, I got to watch it again because it's just the most dangerous game. It was like a bunch of people hunting him or whatever. But I thought that was so funny. But, I, you know, they don't make those type of movies anymore. There's, I, don't, I can't think of, I don't know if you could, I don't think of any, there's no real comedy stars, right? Like not really. The Rock, who's not really funny. And then there's like John Cena, who does. I guess Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart's the closest, probably. Kevin Hart, yeah, I yeah. would say. And he's funny. I thought Kevin Hart's great. I, I just thought the, um, there's not. So for something to be like under the radar funny and it was not advertised as a comedy, I thought was really great. That's why I like that movie so much. I think DiCaprio is like, he really is one of those very few people, few actors, performers. He really can do anything. Oh, absolutely. uh, It's really just unbelievable. I've talked about it on here before and just in general, but I completely respect his career for many reasons, but certainly because... Once he made Titanic, he could make any movie he ever wanted for the rest of his career and without really any fear of it being successful. And the fact that he chose to go a different route, I mean, the first movie he made after that was The Beach, of all things. Yeah, you know, and, and to go that route and to make the choices he made and really challenge himself, like I, I completely respect it. I think he also, whatever level of crazy he is, he's kept to himself. It's impressive, yeah, because it's in there. You know, uh, oh, it's definitely, it's got to be, right? Like, oh, I yeah. think the, uh, like, Nicolas Cage is just, he owes so much money, and, like, Johnny Depp's uh, an alleged abuser. So I think there's, like, I mean, I think at that level, he is he's sort of keeping it close to the vest. Ben Affleck sort of in the new, like, I think he's done a good job of keeping it low, a low profile. Yeah, he's great. I thought that movie was great. And then I thought um, Palm Springs was good. Did you watch that? I like that movie quite a bit. I was, yeah, it surprised me. I went into it not knowing a ton about it on purpose, just because I know it was supposed to be good, so that's good enough for me. But it went in different directions and was... I, I thought it was... I, it really surprised me. I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought it was great. So those are... I think those are the only two. What else? Have you seen... Um, I got this for Christmas. I bought it for myself. But um, uh, The Wrong Guy with Dave Foley. Do you know Kids in the Hall? Are you a Kids in the okay. Hall fan? Love Kings in the Hall. That is a movie that is a blind spot that I need to watch. And I've, I know it's one it's that I'm like, one. is it? Okay. I need to watch it. And I just watched them talk about it. Like they had like a Zoom 24 and a half year anniversary of it or whatever. And I watched them talk about it. But I watched it. It is literally, it is so funny. It's such a funny movie. You should watch it. Okay. I'm going to absolutely you watch it. You can look it up on YouTube and you can just watch it there. Cause I think it's hard to rent. I had to find, 
it was hard to get on Blu-ray or whatever. I'm like one of the few people, I guess, who has Blu-ray player. I like having physical media. But I do too. The uh, it's so good. Like I, okay. I really like it. Okay, I need to watch that. It's funny too that Dave Foley almost it kind of came up in the news. I think that's kind of a strong phrasing, but it just came out. I didn't realize this that Amy Mann's song "Save Me" was written about him. Really? Yeah. yeah. And what? Yeah. Why? Well, isn't okay. that from Magnolia? Didn't she write that for the movie? She had already written it, and then they used it for Magnolia, from what I understand. Oh. So did they do something? Oh god! Yeah, they did. Well, you, they, you no, they did it for a little bit. I don't, maybe a couple years or something. But it was that he apparently was in a a marriage for a decade plus, and it was very difficult to put it lightly. And he was kind of like, according to him, very broken after that, and they ended up. You know, he was very he admired her, and they became friends. Then they got into a relationship, and she, I think, was also in a bad way or something, and just I don't know, wrote that about him. And he said that in an interview relatively recently, and I had no idea. Um, I think he has. I think it was on uh, Mark Maron's podcast where he has to. He owes his ex-wife like eleven thousand dollars a month, or some crazy amount every month. Holy shit! That he can't go to Canada or get arrested. It's some weird thing where he can't. I don't know if it's resolved. This was like 10 years ago. But I wonder, yeah, there's something that he can't do. I worked with um, Kevin McDonald. He came where I was teaching and like did a workshop. And then I, I didn't take the workshop, but I like helped. He read a pilot. He did like a show after. Yeah. He was just very nice. Like Kids in the Hall was like my um, uh, favorite thing uh, in high school. So I think, you know, those guys have like a, a soft spot in my heart. I That show is so funny. Do you have you seen the movie? Have you seen Brain Candy? Yes, I have. Do you like it? I do. Okay, it's good. I mean, when I first saw it, I was disappointed. I think after some several more viewings of it, it's become like uh, uh, one of my top. I realize all the movies I like uh, haven't made any money for people. I guess <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is good. I that one was yeah, that was successful. But I mean, like to your point, I, I certainly am in the same boat because um, the movie that I consider. Just as kind of a blanket statement, because it's an answer, so it's you know it's not it's not necessarily like always the thing. But MacGruber is one of my favorite movies. Oh, hands and down, uh, it's great. It's unbelievable. It's I say it's my favorite comedy, and I, I think it is. It's so unbelievably funny. I saw that in the theater opening day with a friend of mine, and we were one of like three people in the theater. The movie barely made any money whatsoever, but I think it is so unbelievably funny. Yeah, and it's I guess. For people to like MacGruber, you got to know like nine levels of what, <laughs> you know, like you have to know yeah. who Will Forte is. You have to know what they're parroting. You have to know, whereas like, you know, like Hot Shots or like um, Scary Movie, you kind of don't need to know a lot. I, I don't know. I think you kind of, MacGruber is an outlier and it's also so gross and weird. It's like it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's I, so I, ridiculous. But rewatchable, and he's yes, he's uh, he's the villain in some ways. Like he's awful. Like it, he's like he's a real piece of shit. Yeah, he's awful. Yeah. Like he's an awful, <laughs> terrible person. And I think the only redeeming quality is that Ryan Ryan Phillippe is so good in it because he's yeah. such a good sport, and so is um, Powers Booth. Oh my god, he's incredible. He's so good. He's so good. I love those guys who like can do that, especially like an airplane. It was those guys that were like Robert Stack and stuff who were all yeah. actors. But Powers Powers Booth is a great part. Like you need that as part of the movie. And I'm a big Val Kilmer fan. I think Val Kilmer is amazing. 
Um, I love Val Kilmer. And Val Kilmer, you know, like, they, he and Will Forte got along really well to the point where Val Kilmer stayed on Will Forte's couch for a while when he was in L.A. Yeah, I saw that. I read that. Yeah, that's <laughs> I so love funny, that. isn't it? Yeah, it's weird, too, because, like, kind of like how before this you were just saying, like, oh, so it's such and such person. Yeah, I just know them as that. Like, the idea that Will Forte, like, there's a lot of reverence, and understandably so, for somebody like Val Kilmer. But for Will Forte, it's like, oh, yeah, that's just my friend Val. Yeah. It's really wild to me. So, uh, what time is it there right now? It's just an hour difference, so it's 11.30. Oh, it's 11.30, all right. Are yeah. you an early lunch person or a late lunch person? I'm just, honestly, I, at this point, I'm just uh, eat when I'm hungry, so long as it's not, like, all the time and three in the morning or something. You know, no, just, sure. you know, it's, I, I'm not as structured as I probably need to be, that's for sure. And do you, do you, and this is a weird question, but this is such okay. a New York thing. Do you live in a house or do you live in an apartment? House. I have a house. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. And like, do you have, and your neighborhood, is it suburban? Is it rural? Like, what's your, what's the situation? Because I it, live in a building. I There's like, a, you know, thousands of people around me. But like, we're- I bet say, yeah, to be a homeowner in New York, you must, I mean, it's got to be, you got to be a millionaire, basically, right? I mean, well, I live in an apartment that we were fortunate enough to buy from the city. Oh, nice. It has like a program for people, uh, you know, middle income. Yeah. yeah, and lower income. So we were able to, we live in a nice building in East Harlem, um, you know, and it's a two bedroom. Um, it is not, I, you know, what we paid, we could probably, I don't know, anywhere else in the, in the, probably in the South, we could even get something like a big house. But I think the, um, I'm just fascinated, like people living in a neighborhood. I'm in a neighborhood. It's weird. It's like, it is a neighborhood technically, but it's kind of at the, it's at the end of a street. Okay. So and on, so on top. So there's not a lot of traffic. Plus itself, the road itself is just a dead end because there's this small airport that owns a lot of the land behind it. So the rest part is, is that taking it, off all the time near you. Well, I'm sorry. Repeat. Oh, do you have planes taking off all the time or no? It's a small airport, so there are planes taking off, not constantly, thankfully, but they're like you know, twin engine planes, they're smaller. Oh, like process. So, thankfully, it's not, you know, like airlines and stuff. Otherwise, uh, that'd be untenable. And do you have like a, um, like woods in your backyard? A little bit of ways from me. But yeah, I mean, otherwise, it's it's weird. There's a lot of, there's just so much land that they own for the airport that there's, this area is more kind of unkempt because it's just a, a corner. So now, is not this, really is this the house you grew up in or is this a different? This is, a, this is just the house I bought like seven years ago oh my god you you own a house that's incredible <laughs> when know, you live yeah, in new you, york everybody rents and then you either move out or you somehow figure it out how, like it's a weird thing i think living whenever i'm i'm it's a, i'm amazed when people own a like a house house because it's just it's unbelievable to me i think because we live in such small spaces and like I, I like it i just it's it's just incredible that you have space so do you feel like it, I guess, did you ever live in a smaller space? Did you ever have to live in, a, like, you live in, like, a one-bedroom or, like, a studio apartment? Yeah, I mean, I uh, I definitely uh, rented a room and things sure, like so. that for a time. But, I, you know, somehow, just with the way things worked out, I guess, but I've never lived in an apartment. Oh, okay. Oh, you've rented a room, like, in a house? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah. So, do you feel like, I don't know, like, I feel like if we move to a bigger house, you just end up buying more stuff. Like yeah, it is, more it's weird how that, that works, works out, out, you know. Yeah, you. it definitely is a weird thing to where you buy a house and it's, 
not necessarily, but I guess generally bigger than what you're used to when it's your own. So then there's extra space and you just innately want to, I guess, fill that space. But then eventually you fill it too much and you realize you've accumulated all this shit and you then want to get rid of stuff, especially if you were to move and you just realize you realize how much you, you have when you have to physically move it everywhere. Right. Like when you like records are the hardest thing. I have vinyl records, but not a lot, but they're the hardest thing to move. Yeah, I have I have some too. Not a ton, but definitely more of just like my favorite stuff like ELO and whatever. whatever. You know, <laughs> your big ELO, like ELO is like your jam? I love ELO. Yeah, you know, it's the first thing that came to mind, but like, and I mentioned this actually on the episode that came out today, Will Hines, that I, growing up, we listened to a lot of like ELO, The Beatles, Pink Floyd, oh, and sure. and ever since I was a baby, like to the point where when my parents were driving in the middle of a storm, which sounds so cinematic, but driving from like Topeka to New Orleans, I would just be crying, and they would put on Abba Gold, and I would stop crying immediately. Wow. Abba Gold has uh, Dancing Queen and stuff. Like, that's... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. All the greats are on there, right? Pretty great. I, I love Abba. Uh, did you see um, Mamma Mia, the <laughs> show on, on stage? I didn't see the show on stage. I saw the movie, and that was an abomination. I mean, the, eh. the Broadway show is not very good either. I mean, it's the worst show I've ever seen in this in the sense that it's like a poor excuse for a show. Uh, the music's good. I mean, the music's amazing, but it's it's the same as a movie where it's like a poor excuse. Like, they make you what? dance at the end. Like, they oh, make God. you really get... Like, I don't like anything where people are, make <laughs> you get up <laughs> forcing you to dance. It feels like it was made, and I understand this. It feels like it was made to be like, well, how can we not use these songs? Which I get. Because they're amazing songs. Yeah, and also I think uh, theater here, the the ones that make money are the ones that are appealing to people. And it, everybody knows ABBA songs. and everybody Yeah. Knows, you know, and then the story is pretty straightforward. And who wouldn't want to live on a Greek island? And, you know, like I think there's a lot of wish fulfillment in the show. So I think it's just like, it's just not good. No. So, but the music's incredible. And I think, you know, obviously... Broadway performers are incredible, but it's not a good thing. But it ran forever. I mean, it's it was enormously popular, and the movie was popular too. They made like a sequel, right? Which I didn't yeah. understand because like Cher is Meryl Streep's mom. I think so. Yeah, there was a flashback element of them. Oh, is that a flashback? It's not like Cher there... shows up and there's some weird thing where she is Meryl Streep's mom. I think that's what it is. I don't know the exact time. I'm never. I've never seen. Yeah, I know that one's Mamma Mia. Here we go again is the name of it. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. I will uh, never which, watch it, but I think, oh, I'll watch it. What am I saying? I'm sure if it was on <laughs> and I had to watch it. I'll watch it, but it's not appointment viewing for Yeah, me, it's not appointment that. viewing. To be continued. 